Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. It's Justin Hahnemann. This is the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. And today is episode number 50. Five zero. Wow. It's a good number. I'm telling you, it's a great number. Yeah, it is. It's like a huge celebration. And of course, yeah, huge. The only way to celebrate episode 50 is to have Monique back on the podcast. Hi, honey. (laughs) Hey, we're talking about a really cool topic today. You know, a lot of you that listen are entrepreneurs, a lot of you are leaders of people, a lot of you have thought about starting something, you are thinking of taking a step out, you have done it, you've been in big companies, small, etc. We've got an amazing audience. And today, we're talking about a very cool topic, one of the top things to think about as a leader of people, leaders of process, leaders of companies. And that topic is self-awareness. Exactly. And so we're going to talk today briefly about Knowing yourself inside out uh, from an, a leadership perspective, and Monique, this is like your business. Like this it is your is day my job. day job. Know, Absolutely, right. right. So talk a little bit about this and why it's so important. Absolutely. So as your audience knows, my day job is leadership assessment, leadership development, executive coaching. Been in this space uh, with ISHR Group for 19 years this Woo-hoo. year. And prior to that, in I know, right? And prior to that, in this space with GE and GM. So one of the questions that I get frequently asked when I'm out and about and people say, what do you do? And I say leadership development. They say, oh, cool. So what's the number one trait that a leader needs to have to be a really good leader? And the reality is it's not, oh, integrity or judgment or decisiveness or execution or accountability. I mean, those are all great. And there's books and books and books and articles and articles and articles written about all that great stuff. But the number one trait that a really great leader needs to have is self-awareness. Great leaders are aware of who they are. They're aware of what their strengths are. They're aware of what their gaps are. And they're aware of how to bridge those gaps through others and how to leverage the strengths they bring to the table. Yeah. And it's so funny as everyone's listening to this, they're thinking, oh yeah, I know this person that totally knows himself and most likely everyone listening is going, oh yeah, I know this other person who obviously has very little self-awareness. And the beautiful thing is there are so many ways, if you're open to it, to better understand who you are and to gain self-awareness. And it's not good or bad, right or wrong. The beautiful thing is we are who we are. And so accept it, own it, leverage the fact that you may be anal, leverage the fact that you might be emotional, <laughs> leverage the fact that you might be really detailed. And and we are who we are. And so when we leverage those strengths, it allows us to better move forward and be more effective in who we are. All right. So here's where we're going on the podcast today. So we're going to dive into a couple of the instruments or tools or profiles or ways of getting to know yourself from inside out that are readily available. Some are more available than others. We're going to talk through those. We're going to give you um, kind of a your own prescriptive way of thinking about yourself. We're going to go through a couple of ways of thinking about your preferences, 
um, the ways that you operate, where you might go under pressure and stress, those types of things. And then we're going to talk about the application to teams and environments where you may be building a team, building an organization, growing a team, maybe changing out members of a team, um, and how to think about how to use some of these tools in that framework. So let's start with the different types of instruments that are available. So let's actually start prior to that ah, and perfect. recognize What problem that are we solving? Way, way, way back in Greco-Roman medicine uh, times, Hippocrates sort of came up with this initial thought that there's really four different types of individuals. Oh, yes. I already know them. Sanguine, choleric, melancholic, and phlegmatic. Wow. Nice. Good job, I think honey. You those to me right before the podcast. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I don't even know what those mean. Well, basically, it's saying that even way back when, there's really four different kinds of individuals. And if you look at so many of the profile instruments that are out there today, many of them are still steeped in four different sort of personality styles, personality types. And the, the common convention today is that we tend to be usually most of the population tends to be two of those, right? So in some of the profiles that are out there, it's called double dominant, but most of us tend to have uh, dominance in maybe two of those four, but that there's four different ones. And if you look at the Herman brain, if you look at the disc, if you look at the Myers-Briggs, a lot of the colors, the emergenetics, I mean, there's so many profiles we can talk to that really break down people into four different profile instruments. And I think we should talk through what those four different profile um, corners look like. But then I also want to make sure we talk about things like the reflected bell self, self ex, blah, 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 reflected best, best self exercise. No, it's like a tongue twister. Whoa, that's a tongue twister. Um, or, <laughs> Good old Michigan. And exactly out of U of M, my <laughs> alma mater. Um, and the strength finders. And those are profile instruments that really focus on, okay, but here's what you do really well. Like, don't worry about the negative stuff. So I think we should talk to you through, All right, through cool. both of those. All right, so let's take two. We'll talk HBDI. Um, one of my favorites that I've used for years in my different companies um, in different roles. And I know you guys use it um, extensively with your clients. And then let's talk about strength finders. I think that's a, a fun one and a little bit different. You know, it's a different way of thinking about yourself. So, but I want to say reflected about self exercise because I can't oh, say yeah, it. it's of a course, we'll cover that one too. All right. Well, yeah, we'll do the tongue twister one too. All right. So let's start with HBDI. So there's four quadrants. We're not going to do them in order because, well, I guess these different segments that these different tests and profiles, they all use the different colors and different formats and different orders. But I guess we could go through that with HBDI. It can be very confusing because they all use, if you just look at yellow, Emergenetics blue, red, <laughs> and HBDI and DISC, they all have four quadrants, they all use different colors, and they all rotate through the colors differently. Crazy. So right. we should talk more in words instead of colors. Perfect. All right. So HBDI, let's talk about the facts, people. Facts. Facts. Quantitative, logical, analytical. So if you're listening and your bank account, you know it to the penny and you like to do data and analysis and research and you're Numbers. not going to purchase something until you've done the research and done the analysis 10 times over, that is a very analytical personality. Pivot tables, Excel, access, you love it. Like you're in that detail. Yeah. Someone says, well, my intuition tells me this. And you <laughs> like have this like massive, like what intuition? What the heck is that? Okay. Then you're this very analytical person. Love that. Okay. So that's the first one. That's in HPDI world, that would be blue. 
Got that it. would be blue. All right, so um, let's go to the next one. That would be green. So Very green in the HBDI world, but again, it rotates through if you do emergenetics or disc or what have you. Green. Um, so there's another segment of the population that tends to be very process oriented. So there's there's a process to everything. There's a sequence. There's a method. We've always done it this way. Um, tend to be more risk averse, much more cautious in how they approach problems. We've always done it this way. It's always worked this way. Uh, they tend to be uh, list makers and task checkers. So uh, very much about getting things done and checking them off the list uh, and being a little more cautious as opposed to risky. Yeah, I love this one. I mean, I definitely have a strength in green. Or I, yeah, <laughs> actually, and that's a good point. We all have all four colors, right? We're, we're, we all have some measure of each of these. We do. It's where we prefer to operate. Exactly. That's different. Yeah, I love the organization piece. You know, I love being on time early. I like planning. You do. I have a lot you of plan lists. the best vacations. Oh Green gosh. people, or Green. you know, the the, the process people t- plan great vacations. Yes, the house is organized. The dishwasher is run. There's nothing in the sink. All right, that's Everything great. Everything has its place. Yeah, exactly. All right, can all right. Let's talk can about be the next somewhat one. Somewhat anal. Sometimes I know anal might be a good word for that. All right, so um, red. I'm also it's oh, this world, is my favorite. Red again, dis- favorite. different in disc and emergenetics. So this quadrant tends to be those people who wear their hearts on their sleeve, very emotional. They love to teach. They love to talk. It's not necessarily an introvert extrovert thing, but it's they like to share their emotion, motivate others. So you might see a salesperson who's who's very gregarious and outgoing and hey team, rah, 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 we can do this. It's the end of the quarter. Let's do this. That's a very um, emotionally available and wears their hearts on their sleeve kind of person. Yeah, I always think about relationship here. And I think like in my world of, of work where people really relate well with others, you know, they're able to sense how another person is operating and almost mold or meld to that. These, yes, these people that that possess this as a as a preference and how they operate tend to have a really good se- sense of intuition. And they can just say, well, my heart tells me this or my gut tells me this. In contrast, the people that we first talked about that are very analytical and very logical, like you would not hear them use phraseology such as, well, my heart tells me or my gut tells me because they're relying on data, whereas this group of people tend to rely more on that instinct. It's very different. And last quadrant with HPDI, but not least, and again, another of my faves is the yellow quadrant, the imaginative quadrant. Right. So this quadrant tends to be, again, in all these profiles, this is a quadrant where you find those people who really want to think outside the box. They want to break the rules. They want to try something new that's never been done before. They want to dream. They want (laughs) to do something different simply for the fact that it's different. Um, To which you have those process and those sequential people saying, well, we've always done it this way and it's always worked. So why should we do it differently? To which they say, well, why not? What the heck? Let's just try something different. Let's try it. Um, So you can start to see where there's some potential conflicts or some potential rubs when you're working together with people or perhaps being married to people who come at things from different quadrants. Yes. Yellow people have lots of ideas, imaginative, they not thinking break about the rules. the rules. Exactly. Yeah. So you think about these four quadrants independently, but the reality is, as I mentioned earlier, we all have aspects of those and, and some of us have you know, strengths in two, three, or, or all four. And so the important thing, though, as you're thinking about your team or as you're building an organization or a, um, a group is how do you decide 
what kinds of people to staff or bring on to your organization or group, right? And the tendency that I found in the past is to bring on people that are like you. In which case, for example, if you are a strong red person, is to bring on a lot of red people and have very little blue or green on your team. And there's implications to that. There's absolutely implications to that. So do you want to bring someone on who's exactly the same as you and thinks the same way as you? Or do you want to bring a diversity of thought on board that's going to bring a different perspective and perhaps bring some new and different and not always welcomed ideas, but at least challenge the status quo? And I've seen, literally seen leaders who have taken profile instruments, who have gone out and said, well, I was very successful. And so I've hired everyone who's just like me. (laughs) And I've seen leaders go out and say, well, I know I know only so much. And so I've gone out and brought people in who are very complimentary to me because I need that diversity of thought in my organization. All right. So you have, and I I know because I am here, you have, you've taken many leadership teams, CEO, CFO, COO, CIO, CCO, et cetera, through the this this the type specific of type of profile. Mm-hmm. And what are the things that have typically stood out as you've taken different teams through it? Like what are the ahas that you've found when you've taken a team like you know through Yeah, this? absolutely. So we take a lot of our, you know, senior leadership teams through various profiles. And what stands out is those teams that are diverse in preference, diverse in how they operate, are the ones that are most successful. They're most effective. They're most collaborative. Sometimes it can create a a rub because we don't like it when people challenge the way we think or have a different opinion. It's always nicer and easier when we're all thinking the same way. But the reality is that's how businesses fail when they get stagnant. So it's those teams that bring such a diversity of perspective that are the most effective. Hands down. Yeah. And what about, you know, when you think about organizations or teams that go through a lot of pressure and stress. I mean, one of the cool things about this instrument is how it it helps you understand where you go in those instances. Absolutely. So most of these instruments that we're talking about here today also offer insight into, okay, here's how you operate, you know, quote, normally, and here's where you go under pressure and stress. And and sometimes for, for people, those, those um, differences are not significant, right? What you see is what you get. For others, it's really super different. So someone who's normally very stoic and very analytical and makes decisions based on fact to under pressure and stress suddenly go very emotional can really throw a team for a loop. And so it's these instruments help us to understand as we work with our teammates what to expect, not only under what I'll call normal operating circumstances, but also when pressure and stress hits, and also where the team as an as a entirety goes under pressure and stress. Yeah. So when uh, in my previous roles, um, one of the coolest things about these this instrument and others, like we mentioned, DISC, Myers-Briggs, Berkman, et cetera, Hogan, are the opportunity to break down communication barriers between you and your team to help facilitate dialogue between you and your team. As you're building an organization and bringing on individuals, you're probably first thinking about skill set and technology skills or like talents or and whatnot that they might bring, but not thinking about the personality and like the preference of the individual as they operate. And so as you're building a team, I think it's important to think about these things and use these instruments as a way to help create communication and, and almost break down some of the, you know, I've come to work and I put on this this face, I'll call it, that, that doesn't really allow the person to be themselves. So yes, and you're talking um, great examples from a work perspective and how to make sure 
um, you're having clear com- communication with people that you're working with. But let's peel that back a minute. Oh, okay, so let's go. just talk here about here we go. <laughs> let's just talk about you and me, right? So you are very big idea. I love it. My yellow. No, stop. Listen. Sorry. Yes. Right here he goes, people. Right, <gasps> big idea. Like when I first met Justin, we started dating. He would like talk to me, be like, "Oh, I'm going to do this and this and this." And in <laughs> in my mind, I was hearing. Like, I'm going to solve world hunger, I'm going to build the pyramids, and I'm going to send a rocket ship to Jupiter. I mean, that like, and that would be in like one five-minute conversation. And my heart would start palpitating and be like, oh, well, you really, that's not really possible. And I wasn't trying to sink your dreams, but like, that's not really possible. (laughs) But it is. But what I've realized is I just need to nod my head and smile because you like to be out there in that big idea space. Love the idea And it's not for me to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, conversely, the- beautiful thing about you, honey, is that you can also, like we said, plan those vacations. And so sometimes you can get so bogged down in the detail and you'll say to me, well, you know, I'm thinking we should take the 815 catamaran ride over to the scuba diving shop for the 10 o'clock dive. And we're going to do two dives of 34 minutes each. And you want me to, and I don't, I can't get into that level of detail. So I just, again, smile and nod my head. So the whole point of all this is you just have to recognize where other people are getting their strength and just sometimes smile and nod and just understand that's who they are. Yeah. <laughs> How was that for an example? It's a great example. Am I right or am I right? Oh, yeah. And I find it in my day job, you know, whether I work with a lot of different clients in my day job um, and consulting and every meeting I walk into, it's different personality types, different, you know, focuses. I, I work with a lot of technology people, you know, very blue, uh, green people. Um, I find less of the red and even less of the yellow, at least in my world of digital technology during the day. And so I almost have to dial back yes. my yellow and red with it some can be intimidating. It can exactly. be intimidating. It can be like a turnoff. It can be like, this is not my person. And it's interesting just to think about that when you walk into the meeting meetings like that. I've seen it for years and years and years where, where people think, well, that person is just trying to irritate me. And they're really not just trying to irritate you. Nobody wakes up and says, oh, I'm going to go try to irritate this person today. It's just the way their minds operate. And once you recognize, you know what? That's how they think. That's how they prefer to operate. And that's good. And it's it's just much more easy to accept them for who they are. And then you let them say their piece. And then you can go on with where your preferences are. So that's HPDI and a great profile instrument. You typically, though, have to use HPDI through a provider or a partner. It's not like you can go on and take the self-test and print out your results, which I think is somewhat of a downside, quite frankly, with HPDI. If you're an individual wanting to self be self-aware, there's other instruments, though, that are out there that allow you to go do it right now. And that's something actually we'll talk about next, which is um, Strength Finders. I like Strength Finders. This yeah, is a fun one. Of my favorites. one. So you can go online and take Strength Finders very quickly. And at the the free version of it gives you your top five themes out of, if I remember correctly, 30 different themes that are available. And then of course you can pay and get the whole 30 theme report. But what Strength Finders does, and the other one I t- want to talk about, the RBSE, is it really focuses not on four quadrants, so what you're good at and what you're less good at, but Strength Finders really focuses on, here's the things that you're really great at. And as we coach our leaders, a lot of the times we do focus just on that. Like, why should you spend a lot of your time and energy trying to improve something that's not a natural strength of yours, as opposed to leveraging what are basic and natural strengths that come really easy to you and leverage those types of things? And Strength Finders allows you to identify those things. Yeah, I love this one. So, I mean, some of mine are, let's see here, uh, arranger, 
and achiever, responsibility, and woo. Woo. woo is one of my favorites. You are woo. You're totally woo. woo. Tell tell the no, listening you tell, audience what woo is. You should say what woo is. No, I'm you really, define. You're the expert here, but okay. Woo is um, connecting It stands for people. winning over others. You enjoy the challenge of meeting new people and getting them to like you. <laughs> Strangers are really intimidating to you. I mean, I can read the whole paragraph and it's like right on. You, I, yes, I don't know about you guys listening, but when you, I mean, you probably, I mean, if you take one of these and you get your results, you're like, oh my God, this is like so me. That like, when I read Strength Finders and got the results, I was like, this is totally me. So my top five, for example, um, maximizer, connectedness, relator, positivity, and empathy. And again, I see that. I'm like, yes, that's right on. So we'll just take number two, connectedness. Um, these people believe um, that they have faith in the links between all things. They believe there are a few coincide coincidences and that almost every event has a reason. And I absolutely believe that. Like everything happens for a reason. Everyone's connected. There's no such thing as coincidence. Um, so anyway, Strength Finders is awesome. Um, one of mine's positivity too. Remember, I got criticized for being too positive one time in my career. Yeah, I have to. That's okay. <laughs> Those negative people. I'd rather can. get criticized for that though, right? I'd rather right. be known as being positive I mean, and optimistic than negative Nelly. Yeah, Absolutely. I'll never forget it. Justin's too positive. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all right. So um, the third one you wanted to talk about was the Michigan. The University of Michigan one. So this is another one that... Now, this takes a lot of, um, this one takes a lot of effort, right? Strength Finders, you can just go on and take and it, it gives you your results online pretty quickly. You can't do that with this particular one, Reflected Best Self Exercise. But I want to talk to it because it also, like Strength Finders, really validates what's positive about you. and But it requires you to go out and have other people um, talk about and share stories of when you were at your best self. Right. So it requires you to go out, solicit a number of people to respond back on an online survey. And the only question is, you know, tell me about a time where Justin was at his best self. What have you experienced in life with Justin where he showed up as his best self? And people write in stories. It's not anonymous, uh, but there's nothing negative about it. There's no sort of downside to it. And so the beautiful thing about this is you get story after story after story of when people really feel you are at your best. And what we found with this instrument is that people say, well, that's just who I am. And they don't recognize it for being different or significant because it's so ingrained in their DNA that that's how they operate. But when you see story after story, example after example of, you know, this is when you showed up as your best self, you start to realize, hey, this is what sets me apart. And it's pretty powerful. Yeah, so our bottom line today is take a minute and go and, and find one of these instruments, tools, resources, whatever you want to call them, and run through it and learn something about yourself. I, and my guess is many of you have done one of these, whether it's DISC or Myers, you know, Myers-Briggs. Um, you've probably taken one of these in a job before or in college uh, or in your MBA school. Um, my challenge to you on the podcast today is go find one of these other ones and, and take it, understand yourself, and then be thinking about how you can apply this with your team, your organization, um, your group, uh, or others you may be leading. Uh, maybe you're in a large company and, and you impact clients on a daily basis, but you don't lead a team. Be thinking about how this can apply to you and your organization. That would be my challenge for today. And my final takeaway would be it's all about self-awareness. It's not trying to be someone else who you admire as a leader, but it's recognizing who you are, what you bring to the table, and how you can leverage your own unique strengths. 
and not spending so much time trying to address what you feel are your gaps because that will make you appear inauthentic and nobody likes an inauthentic leader. So anytime you take a profile like this, you may know yourself, but it just serves as a really great reminder as to what to focus on and to really leverage those strengths and recognize the strengths that others are bringing and how you can help bring out the best in them. Yeah. And before we go, there's one other concept I wanted to bring up and just ask you about. You know, John Maxwell talks about taking your sixes and sevens, your skill sets or your or things that are your sixes and sevens and moving those to tens versus your ones and twos and moving those to fives or sixes. What's your thought on working on your strengths versus working on your weaknesses? Absolutely. I'm not going to spend hours and hours and hours learning to be a great cook when I really could care less about... <laughs> I'm giving a funny example because it's Justin. very true. Right? But no, I know. I'm giving a very funny example. Sorry, audience. But like, I don't care about cooking. I don't want to learn to cook. I'm not going to invest a bunch of time in cooking. But you know what? There's other things that I'm really good at. And that's where I'm going to spend my time because it brings me passion. It brings me joy. It makes an impact on others. I've tried to cook and it fails miserably. So why try? So I know that's a really silly example, but it's a really basic way of explaining this. Like, you can spend all your time and energy trying to get better at what you're not good at and what you don't enjoy, and that's just painful. Or you can really spend time and energy leveraging what you're really great at, and that's going to bring a lot more joy to yourself and to others. And you, I know you don't want to eat my cooking, so it's all good. I think we should go cook a dinner. <laughs> you can take me out. <laughs> all right. Thanks for jumping on the podcast. Always my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on The Contender Cast. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.